Welcome, Savvy Investor, to Skyline Views. Welcome to another episode of Skyline Views. I'm Chris Mills. My guest today is Stephen Pesavento, founder and president of Von Finch Capital. Welcome, Stephen. What is going on, Chris? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, glad we could make this happen. So why don't we go ahead and get started. Tell everyone about your background and uh, what led you up to what you're doing today. Well, I started out in management consulting back in the day and and continued to kind of search to find something that really lit me up. And so I moved from management consultant to tech, really working in, a, in an industry that was full of people who are passionate and really believed in creating something much bigger than themselves. And that's when I really stumbled upon real estate. It was something that was always in the back of my mind. I knew that it was an asset class and there was something I wanted to focus on, but I never took the jump until later in my career because there was a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear about not knowing how to get into the business, not having beliefs that were supportive of taking action and, and making things happen and you know, believing that I didn't have enough money or I didn't have this or that. And so I made all these excuses. And then when I finally just made the decision, I pushed all in and within about two and a half years, I'd flipped over 200 houses in two different markets. And you know, since, since the beginning of my career, now we focus on our private capital network where we locate and vet commercial real estate deals for uh, our investors. And it's been an incredible journey because all of those skills from process re-engineering in big corporate companies to understanding how to launch uh, from a digital marketing perspective in a tech startup have all come together for us to be able to really do something that really lights us up inside and really is able to serve our ideal client, which is, you know, really growth-minded investors who are looking to create something different in their life. So someone says, hey, Stephen, um, I like the deal, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. Take a new investor through the process from that first email to receiving their first check. Yeah. So we talk a lot about this on my show, the Investor Mindset Podcast. Um, we have a passive investor series, but essentially from the very beginning, what our company does is we go out and we locate and build relationships with best in class operators, the type of operators that have large minimums, have been in the business for over 10 years, have a significant track record in that area, and are typically not taking on investment from twenty-five dollars to $50,000 investments, um, you know, typically with minimums in the two fifty dollars to maybe even a million dollar range. And by working with these operators, what we're able to do is we're able to bring together all of our investors' capital, pool it together, and invest in these type of larger deals without having investors needing to place as large of investment in those individual properties. Because we're real big believers in diversification. So from the very first step, we're taking that network of sponsors and operators that we have, we're bringing them through our due diligence process, we're looking at the deals with them. And when we have one that seems like it's a fit, uh, we bring that to our network. And typically, investors are going to be taking a look at the details, they're going to be understanding what the story of the property is, because I really believe that every property has a story. And that story is as important as the numbers, because that story is what's going to end up carrying us through from this idea of the business plan and what it's going to be to the execution and therefore uh, the deliverance, which is what's going to bring that return. So looking over the story, understanding that offer memorandum, understanding the numbers, doing their own due diligence, 
um, investors are going to have the opportunity to jump on a uh, typically a, a webinar or a discovery call where we're going to be sharing more details, but then it just comes down to a decision. So where it really starts in my eyes is well before getting to the point of receiving an offer memorandum or taking a look and joining a private capital network like Von Finch's, it really starts with understanding what your core goals are. Because working with somebody like Chris, obviously you have the opportunity to invest in private and uh, passive opportunities. You have the opportunity to invest in the traditional capital markets. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which of those choices you make if you don't know why you're making that choice. So that's why it's really, really beneficial to work with somebody like Chris, but to really sit down for yourself and understand what it is that you really want. Why are you investing? What's the purpose of that investment? And therefore, what's the outcome that you're really going for? Because when you're able to get really, really clear on what it is you want and why you want it and what that outcome is gonna look like, it makes it really easy to make a decision between I'm going to put my capital into a, a, a development deal where it might have a shorter timeline and a much higher return, but there's significantly more risk and typically no cash flow versus a deal which might have a lower overall return, but might have more consistency of cash flow coming in every day and may have a lower risk profile than some of the other deals. And it's really important for you to know why you're investing and what's the purpose of that money supposed to be. Is it just to grow it as quickly as physically possible? And even if there's losses along the way, that's something you're willing to bear? Or is it something where you're looking for slow and steady or medium speed and steady and you can gauge what investments and what opportunities and therefore what asset classes are going to be the right fit? And so typically when we're first connecting with somebody, we're really looking to know who they are and what they're looking for. Because when we find that people have really no direction, it makes it really difficult to serve them. And it makes it really difficult for them to be satisfied at the end of the day. And we're real big believers in growth and having the right mindset and going in the right direction and creating a life by design that we work with our clients to help make sure that they have that clarity before they make an investment. Because whenever you're investing in commercial real estate, you're talking about a marriage, <laughs> sometimes longer than some people's marriages, three to five years, maybe even 10 years. And so you want to know going in exactly that you're getting in with the right purpose and the right vision, the right values, so that that marriage, that investment, that timeline really works well together. So if there is a couple, you know, sitting down at their dining room table, planning their future, how do they know what they don't know, you know, before they, you know, reach out to you, like you said, you want them to have goals, plans, what they want, how do they know what returns are possible, what vehicles are out there for them? Like, how, what would you suggest for those people? Well, absolutely. Those are really important questions to ask. And what I want to clarify is that we work with our clients who don't have that clarity. So that's not a precursor. Mm -hmm. It just makes the process much simpler. Um, but when you're just getting started, it's really important to simplify things. So what I would recommend doing is actually sitting down at the table with your wife or husband or partner and really talking through what is it that we want? You guys know what you want. At the end of the day, it might not be clear and it mm -hmm. might not be in a 
fancy format or bullet pointed, but at the end of the day, you know what you're driving for. Are you looking to spend more time with family? Are you looking to double down in your career or your business and try to make as much income as possible there while creating wealth in your investment portfolio? Are you looking to stop working and have your investment portfolio support you and your family earlier in life? Um, or is it something in between? You know, what are the things that you want to do? What are the experiences you want to have? And how can, through investing, how can, how can those things be brought to reality? And so when you first start out with understanding what it is that you and your family want to experience and how you want to land at the end of the day, whether that's continue working and just amassing wealth so you can do amazing things with it for you and other people, or if it's to stop working as quickly as possible, it makes it much simpler and much more direct to understand what type of investments uh, your family should be considering and going into. Um, and so that's exactly where I'd start is just getting clear on paper and thinking through and thinking through it out loud, what it is that you're looking for and why that's important. And then we can start putting together the how by matching you with the type of investments that could be a vehicle to get you there. Sure. Why don't you tell folks, you know, what your favorite asset class is and, and why and how you got to there and what are the benefits of that asset class? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of great options when it comes to investing in real estate. There's a lot of different ways to squeeze juice out of the lemon, as they say. But for us, what we've found is that commercial multifamily is one of the strongest asset classes, specifically because it's an asset class that is always needed. In other words, uh, having a shelter is a human need and it's not going to go away. The number of renters is continuously growing year after year as a percentage. And that's all the way down to millennials, all the way through senior citizens are living in multifamily at a higher rate than ever before in history. And that number continues to grow. And even with millennials moving out and, and, and buying homes, we're still seeing that number continue to grow year after year. And so the reason we like it, even though it's an asset class that is quite popular and therefore has higher level of competition, what we like about it is that it's actually, in our eyes, a lower risk profile than some of the other options out there. In the future, we may have phenomenal opportunities in some of these other asset classes, but when you look at an asset class that's a human need that has stability uh, and you work with an operator that has a high level experience, not only in the asset, but specifically in that niche of multifamily and within that market and within the niche of that market, you're going to have a higher level of confidence that you're, you're going to be able to predictably determine what that outcome is going to look like. And that's very important when you're talking about investing. Of course, we can't guarantee an outcome, but if we're diverse by investing in multiple different opportunities and we are investing in opportunities that have a higher probability of that outcome being what it's projected to be, there's a higher likelihood that you're gonna be able to hit that goal. And because of that diversification, it ends up spreading out that risk um, across all of those assets instead of just having all of your dollars in one unit. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm gonna bring up uh, Denver where you live and we'll use it as an example because I like Denver, you know, as you probably know, I keep a pulse on various markets around the country. Denver, uh, we had a heck of a year in 2020 to, to say it lightly, right? 
but Denver's uh, average effective rent actually grew a bit, even in just the fourth quarter. Towards the end, you know, at least 1%, about 1,500. Um, vacancy over this time actually fell 70 basis points to 4.7%. So one of my favorite things, you, you kind of alluded to this, but um, in, in my world where I deal with, you know, all kinds of investments, having something that's not market correlated, you know, when everything else takes a dive, when, you know, people may not be able to afford their homes and everything, vacancy in multifamily actually uh, shrinks because, you know, people are going from there to, to their apartments that they now have to be in, right? Like, like you said, everybody needs shelter, right? It's just a matter of where. And even within multifamily, you know, you've got you know, class A people lose their jobs, they go down to class B, uh, class C people um, are getting better jobs at one time, and then they go up to class B. So you kind of, you have this sweet spot there where really almost no matter what's going on, people are going to be, you know, living, living in apartments for, <laughs> for the foreseeable future. I don't know anything that could ever change that. So, um, uh, so on the, on the subject of Denver, um, what have you kind of noticed from being there compared to, you know, all these other markets that you deal with? Uh, can you compare Denver to the Southeast or the West or Northeast? What do you think? Well, here's what I would want to share about Denver is that Denver is one of those markets that's been growing consistently for over the last 10 years. It's been a market that millennials have been moving to in extremely high numbers from across the country. And companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter are all establishing a presence in this area. Um, and one of the things that you want to consider is why are they doing that? And part of the reason is because there's a much lower cost of living than living on either of the coasts. And the, the quality of living, the access to the outdoors is a real big driver for people within their workforce. So what they're actually doing, they've been doing for quite a while, well before COVID was uh, a part of our market, was they were allowing workers to move from the coast, keep their coastal salaries and move to Denver. And that actually drove a lot of growth. It drove a lot of growth in the housing market locally. And it's definitely grown, uh, driven a lot of growth in the class A apartment um, market. But one of the things that's interesting is, like you mentioned, during COVID, Denver has continued to expand. Um, we're actually seeing numbers that are, it's almost not expected if you know the market, but people from all across the country have been moving here since the pandemic started because they wanted to get out of the big city. They wanted to have more access to the outdoors. They wanted to be able to enjoy just a better quality of life. And, you know, some of those people may head back to the coasts when COVID start, stops. But at the end of the day, once people move out here, they end up having that experience. And so we've seen even just recently Palantir, um, a multi-billion dollar company from San Francisco relocated its headquarters in the last couple months to Denver. And part of the reason that is the much, much better business environment, um, regulations that are much more friendly to businesses, taxes that are much more friendly to businesses. So it's really drawing in the population. And Denver was listed as one of the top 10 cities by Forbes and Moody's as far as uh, being positioned for the COVID recovery. So what we've seen here locally is, you know, we just recently closed on a redevelopment asset 
about 10 minutes outside the city. And we went into that asset thinking very conservatively. We're buying in the middle of a pandemic. We want to think, hey, we're not going to see growth within the market, but we're, we are actually seeing growth. So it's very exciting mm -hmm. to be able to go in conservatively, to be able to buy from a perspective that things are not going to continue to be as sunshiny as they have been. But yet we're still seeing that in the market. We've actually seen nothing but prices go up um, rather than down because people are paying the rent on time. And frankly, with all these people coming from the coast, there's even more of a drive and a need within the multifamily space. Gotcha. Very good. So pivoting back to sponsors, you work with a lot of uh, sponsors, like you mentioned earlier, whether it's, you know, one of the, the larger folks that you mentioned, if some folks are kind of just pooling their resources, they want to buy a 10 unit, you know, to get started. What do you look for in partners? And a, a lot of this has to do with keeping your money safe, right? What are some specific things that people should be asking when they're looking to partner up? Yeah, that's a really good question. So for us, our due diligence process is going to be very different from somebody who's looking to do a joint venture or go buy 10 units that they're going to own and manage, um, or they're going to be part of that ownership group that's going to be managed. Uh, it's very different because those assets are very, very different. But at the core of it, what I'm looking for first and foremost is who they are as people. So that's why building a relationship over two or three or four years, you get to know who those people are. You get to understand what it is like working with them. How do they show up on a regular basis? And you can start seeing through the weeds of the people who are true versus the people who are not true. Because once you're invested, the money's there. And so it's important to have that relationship, to have that trust. And then the second thing is to be able to look at that track record. So we, we dive deep into the track record, much deeper than most investors can because of the amount of capital that we're investing with our operators so that we spend time reviewing past opportunities, understanding the outcomes of those opportunities, understanding the numbers uh, within the opportunity itself that we're looking at, diving deep into the underwriting and doing sensitivity analysis to understand what are some of the potential outcomes uh, if we weren't able to hit projection, what might that look like from a positive side to a not so positive side? And so at, through this process, really getting to understand what level of conservative underwriting are they following? How are they looking at these investments? And it's important to understand that we all want to make giant returns. Nobody would, uh, if I could give you a guarantee that you would, 10x your return, you take it without a doubt. But the reason why it's important to be conservative is to be able to understand that some things may not always go as planned. And if we're conservative in our underwriting, we're able to, frankly, be more sure that we're going to have a positive outcome in the end. And so what we're doing with our due diligence process, we're really getting to know the operators. And through that process of really getting to know them, then we know that they're having the right set of skills and experiences to be able to choose the right assets in the right niche in the right market. But you know, beyond that, we definitely dive into what's going on in the market economics. We're definitely looking at what the population growth looks like, the job growth, the uh, uh, crime rate, the diversification of employment in that market. So these are all things that end up playing well into an operator that we're gonna say yes to, or are going to end up being points that are going to say, hey, this is an operator that we absolutely love them as people, but 
it doesn't look like we're going to be doing business with them. And so at the end of the day, remember that a partnership needs to be built around what skills do you bring to the table and what skills does the other partners bring to the table? And so you really want to make sure that you're not marrying same skills with same skills when it comes mm -hmm. to a partnership in the real estate space. You want to be bringing different skills together that are able to work well together so that you can execute that business plan in the most effective way possible. Really good point. Yeah, I like that last point. So real quick, uh, last question will be, what are like the top three planning things uh, or planning questions to ask yourself when you are deciding, you know, what investment strategy is best for you? Well, what I would recommend doing is I would recommend heading over to the investormindset.com slash passive and downloading the, the ultimate passive investor playbook. So we put together this 52 page guide. It's got some of those questions in it, but real quick, what I would recommend doing is understand what it is that you want. What are those outcomes? What does that look like? Why do you want it? And then what kind of timeline are you looking at to getting uh, to those outcomes? Because by being able to get that clear, by being able to dive in and understand what it is that you're looking for, and then taking some education by, you know, downloading this free guide, um, you know, at the investormindset.com slash passive, you'll be able to take that education with the vision for yourself and put it together so that you can work with amazing people like Chris or myself who can help guide you down the path towards being able to make that vision a reality. Steven, thank you for this. This has been great. Uh, you mentioned a website. Is that the best place for folks to reach you or how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, head over to the investormindset.com. Uh, you can learn more about the podcast or you can head over to vonfinch.com, learn more about our private uh, capital network. Um, you're always welcome to send me an email, steven at vonfinch.com. So thank you guys so much. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys later. Awesome. Thanks, Steven. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Skyline Views with Chris Mills. We hope you found this valuable and useful. Feel free to share it with friends or family that could benefit as well. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. We really appreciate it. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us through thehaneycompany.com. See you next time. The information provided in this episode is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Skyline Views, The Haney Company, their employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are advised to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant for the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Christopher Mills is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisor representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Neither Coastal Equities Incorporated nor Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated is affiliated with Skyline Views or the Haney Company. Advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, a U.S. SEC registered investment advisor, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801.